I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Maura, thank you so much for coming on BU Find Happy today. I, You've got amazing things going on. And as a matter of fact, you have a radio show called The State of Happiness. So <laughs> I'm so excited to talk with you today about what you've learned about happiness and, and your perspective on really what makes a happy life. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you've got going on? Sure. I actually hold the trademark title of Ambassador of Happiness, which is pretty funny. I didn't give the title to myself. I got it when invited to speak at the inaugural Nelson Mandela Day celebrations. And they gave me the title because what I was doing at the time was traveling, which I love to do, and writing and featuring people who were living out their authentically happy life. And I wanted to share those things with others. So a long story began when I was a very unhappy childhood, and I just decided I was going to grow up to be happy and to be free. And in my case, that meant to be free, to be authentically me. So you could see the synergy between us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the words you're, you're saying just flow from my heart. <laughs> Isn't that? It's great, and it's so uplifting, I think, for everybody in that space or who wants to be in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and not only did you go on to you know, create happiness for yourself, but you're also sharing that with, with everyone else. Um, so you have a radio show called the state of happiness. W what are your beliefs on happiness? What do you think about happiness in general? Oh, well, I think a lot of things. It's, it's actually the centerpiece of my life because it goes right down to our being and the way in which we see ourselves. But if I could just step back a minute, you did your homework in terms of finding out that I had a show called The State of Happiness. That was a couple of years ago. But since then, I've done a podcast, a regular podcast. I'm an international speaker. Um, and everything I do revolves around this whole happiness sense. But as far as happiness goes, most people are busy running after things, outward things. They're looking for approval. Uh, from the outside world. They're looking for externals to make them feel validated. And I have to say that everything I do really goes back to early childhood before I was conformed or taught in the ways of the world. And that was to be my happy self from the inside rather than seeking everybody else's approval, rather than trying to mimic other people in order to feel good about myself or feel accepted. It's really a matter of living my own authentic life internally where I'm pleased and then it begins to externalize and then I think it has this residual effect everywhere else we go where other people feel the levity they feel the freedom and then they end up becoming their own version of a happy and authentic person too and I think when you have that spanning the globe we could end up transforming all of society well, uh, you know, that's exactly what we talk about on this podcast. As a matter of fact, my next question for you was about inside out happiness. And, and often we talk here about how people, 
you know, they start to create these narratives for themselves uh, where they're believing what they think others want them to be or what they created for themselves out of out of protection. And so not living authentically inside out creates this walking unhappiness. And um, I think often, too, we also get stuck in this idea that this thing is going to bring me happiness or that item is going to bring me happiness or that relationship is going to bring me happiness. I often say, um, you know, you may think that that brand new shiny car is going to bring you ultimate happiness. And the day you go and finally get that car and you're driving windows down, music up, and you're so exuberant, so happy and just look like floating. And then you go park it and go into the grocery store and you come out and you see somebody door dinging. And now suddenly <laughs> that external thing that was bringing you the most happiness ever is your greatest source of agony <laughs> and pain. And so what do you think about that? What do you think about people getting caught up in things? Oh, well, I write about that a lot, but I don't so much write it from the negative side as I do from what you just referenced. That place when you feel so free, you're happy just to be. And we don't have a society that supports, encourages, and promotes that kind of living. But it really is the very source of our own vitalization, like kids. You know, when you're a child, nobody tells you you can't do something or that something's impossible. And so you basically are happy in your own space, your own imagination, your own creativity. You know, it's really a wonder. But then when we get crowded by all the external messages, it affects us. It affects our state of being. And oftentimes it's that sense of the outer world that if we receive it the wrong way, we become very isolated. We think, oh, I don't measure up or oh, I'm sticking out like a sore thumb or, oh, people are going to make fun of me rather than saying, you know, I really like myself. I may not be like everybody else, but I'm having a good time. I'm exploring things I enjoy. I'm making the best life for me. And that shows up, Michaela, I'm sure you know this, in so many different ways. You know, what one person measures as success may be great for them, but what if for another person's success is being able to be an excellent host to other people, right? What if being an, a success in life is somebody that has great friendships, great family experiences, someone who knows when they walk into a room, they could bring everybody together. And if we can learn how to live authentically, then we do. We change everything within us. But the bigger thing is, and I speak a lot on influence and leadership, is that when we learn to be happy with who we are, with our best version of ourselves, and we love ourselves, then other people somehow pick up on that same vibe, that same spirit and that same energy, and they get the freedom to express and develop themselves and show forth their brilliance in their own way. And I really think I it contributes to a great world. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that so much. I was literally just having this conversation with someone right, right before you and I got on the line that, um, you know, when we start walking authentically and living authentically in our narrative changes, we show up in a way where, you know, they, people start to realize, oh, no, that their boundaries are pretty clear. And the flip side of the boundaries, uh, you know, their warmth and invitingness is pretty clear. And, you know, I can't walk on them. I can't, I can't take advantage of them. I can't do all of these things. And the flip side, I can enjoy life with them. You know, all of these great things, when we start to know our why and understand 
our needs versus our wants and we start showing up and start setting those boundaries and start speaking from that authentic place, it really leaks out into all of those relationships. And, and, and I think what happens is we start creating these narratives where, you know, we, we're, we're speaking from a space of what we think everybody else wants us to be, or, you know, we're, we're in this job because we think we need the money. And then that's where that source of unhappiness kind of comes about and, and not really living authentically. And, and other people start to pick up on that and they start to take advantage and they start to do things like that. So I think you're so absolutely right that, uh, living happy inside out means not only that we're living our authentic life and we're showing up in a way, um, that we want to show up, but also that others start to notice it and others start to respond and react in a, in a way that's different than they used to. You're right. And you know what, Michaela, I'm sure you have your own backstory, but mine was that I really was a free spirit when I was young, but my family really insisted, guided, groomed everything for me to be a lawyer. I was, I had taken a a political science undergrad uh, program, and then I was more than halfway through law school. And one day I literally couldn't get up out of my chair to drive myself to law school classes. And wow. then not only not couldn't get out of the chair, I couldn't speak when I opened my mouth. And that was what happened by living in an inauthentic, unfree fashion. And that's where it brought me. I was like 23 years old and I thought, oh my gosh, my inner light is just dying. I need to step away and do what my heart needs to do, not what my family or the family expectations or even the way I had chosen to live my life to be a people pleaser. And so what's so amazing is that if you were to look at pictures of me back in my 20s compared to today, you would see the energy literally jumps out at you because I'm living authentically. And I probably would have been a decent lawyer, but I'm a much better ambassador of happiness. And I'm a much better real person doing what really matters to me. And that's one of the things I always look to share with other people. You be you and nobody else could be the great you you can be. (laughs) Absolutely. And there's only one unique you. Right. And And I think, I think we get stuck on this idea that we need to be what someone else is. Do we do why wouldn't, why right, wouldn't we want to embrace and run with this idea that there's only one unique me and how special is that? You're so right. Well, you know what I always like to say? There was only one Elvis and you're not him. You know, think <laughs> about this. There's so many Elvis wannabes, right? Right. But yeah. Elvis was Elvis. And do you know from what I read, Elvis never fit in as a kid. Right. He became yeah. Elvis out of his own unique interest. He married together different things and became an icon. How many more icons are there out there, Michaela, just waiting to happen for either they have to give themselves the permission or they need to be in a place and a space among other people that give them that that welcome, that permission that says, you go be you. And that's how I feel like I want to see everybody be their best you. <laughs> Or their right? best self. Yeah. So, so Mara, you share a life, uh, a philosophy on choosing, cultivating, and harnessing inward thoughts, emotions, imaginations, and intentions to rest on a happy state of being. How do people do that? How do they choose, cultivate, and harness their inward intention and emotions to be happy? Well, you know, one thing people don't do enough of today is that they don't take a little time for themselves. So imagine if every morning before you get out of bed and before you go face the world, you just spend a couple of quiet moments and say to yourself, you know what? 
what are, what's my best thought for today? What's my best sense of what I want to be and to live out today? And then once I have that as a thought, as an emotion, as an intention, how do I retain that feeling and go out the door with it? Most people don't do that. And I had a, a corporate management career that was pretty stressful for about a, a dozen years. And I would carry an intention with me every day. And what I learned to do over time was to realize the more I carried those intentions, the more I carried the right energy rather than being bombarded. And the other flip side of it is this for anybody else. How about at the end of every day, you say to yourself, all right, I know the kind of a day I was hoping to have. Let me revisit it for five minutes and say to myself, where was my best moment? <laughs> Who was I with? What was I doing? What was I connecting with? How can I make sure that I harness those spaces and those places in my own life and start building and developing on them. Because that has everything to do with our interests, our passions, our friendships, our relationships, and our success. And if we can literally follow happiness, I, I'm sure you probably know this, Michaela. I learned this in corporate, is that when people are happy, they actually do better. It doesn't matter what they're doing, they do better. And Harvard later on proved this. So think about this if at the end of every day, you say to yourself, where did I feel my happiest, my freest, my most authentic? And how can I build upon that? Because the more we can tap into that, the more our internal energies are lifting us up and helping us do better in everything. And that rolls off personal life, professional life, um, friendships, pursuits, adventures, everything. I, I really like what you said about just looking in the day. Where did I, where did I feel the freest? Where did I feel the happiest? Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of power can come from that. If it was the moment that you walked from your car to the office, well, maybe you need to walk outside a little bit more you know? You're right, or something like that. <laughs> you are right. And you know what, though? The strange thing is, Michaela, most people are busy responding. They respond to everything. So they're reacting rather than taking a little pause to assess, how do I feel? Where am I? What do I like? What do I dislike? You know, I, I should share with you right now, I had done or I've been doing a world happiness survey asking people, how would you define happiness? And these are young people, old people from several states, a number of nations, and here are the five things everybody was looking for. They want healthy relationships. They want peace of mind. They want freedom. They want a sense of purpose and fulfillment, and they want personal confidence. So think about those five things. If every day you say to yourself, yeah, how could I tune in to these five areas and maybe make these tiny little adjustments where I feel like I'm driving my life rather than having my life and those external, sometimes negative stimuli driving me. We end up literally becoming a source of personal power and energy that not only lifts us up, but lifts up everything in our wake. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. You know, often people will say me being in the happiness field, obviously speaking, we're, we're so synergistic, but obviously speaking on happiness and things like that, people often say to me, um, you know, in a downtime or when I'm, when I'm feeling an emotional response to something, they'll say, but you're the happiness expert. <laughs> and I, and I like to say, 
sure, because I know how to respond when things piss me off. <laughs> you know what? That's what I was going to say. It comes from a lot of practice. I, my grandmother used to tell me when I was little, she said, Maura, I'm going to start calling you waterworks. Every time I look at you, you're crying. And it was true. As a young kid, I always felt like the victim. So how did I get here? It was by practice and saying, you know what? I don't want to stay here. I don't want to play the victim yes. role. I'm literally going to choose to see myself as a beneficiary. I don't know how I'm going to work my way out of this thing, but I know there's a better outcome. So it's practice. It's, and you're right. As you said, you learned how to respond because we can choose <laughs> to respond negatively or better. <laughs> Absolutely. You are so right. So, so you say, um, you say that you are a trademarked happiness ambassador. Is this something that people can, is there a class that people can take to become a trademarked happiness ambassador? Or is that something special and unique just for you? Yeah, but I do have a course, uh, and if they want to go to my website, Mora number four letter U dot com, they'll be able to connect with the course. Um, but the title of ambassador for happy or of happiness was just given to me as an honorary title when I was invited to speak at the inaugural Nelson Mandela Day celebrations. And here's the thing, Michaela, I hope somebody who's listening in today could appreciate this in their own special way, is that when I set out at midlife to do what I'm doing today as a speaker, as an author, as a podcaster and um, uh, a writer, I wanted to focus in on what would it be that could turn this world into something happier? How do people live authentically from the inside out? So it was doing just what I liked that ended up bringing me to various places where I would speak. And some UNESCO Center for Peace organization decided they were going to give me the honorary title. So when I think about anybody else out there who's listening today, what if they too are on this path for happiness? And they're they're welcome to take my course because it's a great little self-study on how you can go back and relive the narratives and the thinking processes and even the emotional outlooks you have and that you carry with you and change them around. But think about anybody who's listening today. They don't even have to know what their name, what their title is, but if they could learn to tune in to their own happiness, which is doing those things that matter to them, that make them feel uplifted, that give them a sense of peace and purpose and curiosity and growth, they will feel more confident. And who knows, they may end up getting their own title. (laughs) Wow, that's great. I mean, that is just so cool. I I really like that idea that, um, you know, you can you can earn your own title just from knowing you've you've done the work and that you're constantly um, resetting when you're when you're feeling not happy. You know, that's that's really a great idea. Exactly. And mine may be totally different and yours may be totally different from other people, but we need every kind of happy brilliance out there, every skill, every ability, everything that adds more light and brightness and levity to the world. And I, and that's the whole, that kind of goes back to the whole idea of should we be looking to mirror everything that is put out there as the idea of success or should we look for our own definitions of success and create our own successful, happy, authentic lives from the inside out. Who knows what we may be able to create, right? And then we're loaded with a world of experts and leaders in and of their own right. And it's kind of, I think it's, 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 it's an exciting thing to think about and anticipate. As you're saying inside out, I'm remembering that movie that Pixar had put out 
with the uh, the little emotions. Do you remember that? They, they I don't think I ever watched it. Oh, it's it's really that. great. I think it's called Inside Out, and it's um you know these kids experience these emotions inside, and then they turn that color kind of thing. Oh, how and huge! Yeah, and it's all about how do they get happy from the inside out. I <laughs> mean, um, guess what? I love Pixar. And uh, yeah. with, with, um, animated characters. I will definitely check that out. Thank you. There's so much stuff these days for kids. My son does mindfulness. As a matter of fact, yesterday he had a bit of a rough day at school because he made a poor choice and we talked about it. And um, he said, Mommy, I think I'd like to do some meditation. Will you Will you meditate with me? <laughs> So we went outside and I have like a meditation bench outside by, by a running water feature. And so we, we sat and, you know, did some deep breaths and some grounding, but it's amazing to see how the next generation of kids is really tapping. And maybe it's because he's got a psychotherapist mom. (laughs) Could be, right? (laughs) But I'm constantly (laughs) amazed at how in tune they are to their emotions and what's not sitting well with them in their bellies and, um, you know, feeling expressive enough to to share that. Like, you know, when this happened, that made me feel uncomfortable. Or or when this happened, I felt sad. Or isn't this a sad song? Or, you know, when that happened, I was so happy, you know? And it's neat to see them tuning into that because I feel like my generation... Um, did not. I feel like we were not taught that. You know, you so we were programmed. We were programmed. But I'm so glad you brought up your son and your experience because with me, I actually I had a corporate leadership career, and then I had a daughter, and I ended up staying home, homeschooling her, which I thought, oh dear God, this is like the worst career of my life. While I <laughs> was helping my husband build a business, but you know what? She turned out she was our only child, and she was like a sponge. The thing I used to do with her, and this comes to modeling next generation, I always used to say to her, Kaylee, listen to your insides. And I said, if you feel like there's a smile, you need to follow it. I said, and if you find yourself somewhere else where you feel like the smile has turned into a frown, you need to stay away from it. And you know, it's funny. She's grown up now. She's, <laughs> you know, lives in London. And the thing about her is that she learned how to live authentically from the inside out. And she became very strong, very independent, wonderful friendships, wonderful relationships. But I actually brought her up in the reverse of the way I was brought up. See, which is yep. go inside. And I used to always say, you'll know when you're inside that you're smiling. And it's true because there were things that she thought she didn't want to do. I'd say, oh, Kaylee, just try it. And I remember she came back from one event and she said, mom, I loved it. And I said, see, your insides know. So, yep. Yep. That's so and true. I love that, that she remembered that and took that with her. Yeah. I have an only two. So, um, so it's interesting to see what he picks up from adults and things like that, because that's his, you know, primary source. But he also has young cousins and, and that sort of thing. But um, what what's really interesting to me is that it, it's neat to see the generations making shifts in that way. Like my generation definitely was primarily taught, you're fine, dust it off. There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. That's true. <laughs> Ignore it, right? Deny it. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is, is that I'm also teaching my son that. I'm also teaching him grit and resiliency and that every day is not going to be great. Every moment is not going to be great and there's going to be hard things and there's going to be poor choices that you're going to have to deal with the consequences on. That's the journey of life. And I think it's important that he also understand that because I feel like I'm, I'm actually like the beginning of 
of the millennial generation, like the very, 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 I'm like the first day of the millennial (laughs) generation. But so I, so looking at the millennial generation, it is really interesting to see that sense of um, entitlement that things should always be miraculous and, and things should always be just the way that they want them to be and make them happy or it's not, or it's not something that they're going to tolerate. And it's like, that's not realistic either, you know? So I think (laughs) you're right. And, you know, but see, now, isn't that interesting? You could see that. So I saw my own generation. Everything was you do as you're programmed to do. So deny what's going on within you. Your generation, as you're saying, the millennials, you're right, that sense of it was almost like the helicopter parents. They were afraid yeah, to let the kids fail. Yes, right? exactly. I know. It's so it. funny because I recently had an experience with someone who made some poor choices in there. Uh, line of work that caused some consequences to unfold. And what's interesting is that her mother was like totally um, the, making excuses for what happened and not just saying, no, my daughter made some choices that were not great. Like she could, she could not let her daughter own her shit. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I've I mean, seen was, that in operation and it's, and you know what? It does such a disservice to the kids, right? Because really then the kids does. don't really get to grow up and be adults. Well, exactly. Just own it. it and let's move forward and, and find out what we learned from that and, and then go from there. You know, let's stop enabling that idea that, um, mistakes are bad. Mistakes are not bad. Mistakes are great life learning lessons. <laughs> There's something totally great agree. to take from those. And you know what, Michaela, I'm so glad you brought that up as well in this topic of happiness, because a lot of people may want to either say, I've got to look at the world through rose colored glasses, or I can't be happy because or if I make a mistake. And actually, what I learned over the course of life is that happiness is your state of mind. So it doesn't matter what's happening. You can choose to use every experience in life as a good one, even if it means there was loss, even if it means there was failure, because each one of those things helps us grow. We grow in wisdom. We grow in knowledge. We grow in compassion, right? There's so many ways we grow to say, whoa, you know what? I just learned how to be a stronger person. There's so many good things that could come out of our failures. (laughs) I, I, I love that. I recently got asked, what is your greatest success? And I said, it's all my failures. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's really it. It's, it's all those things that didn't pan out. And I really believe that happiness exists in the contrast. It's, you, you know, um, I had someone on the podcast recently who tried to use this analogy and it was a little goofy and I kind of tweaked it up in my head recently and have started using it as well, which is that, you know, you appreciate a hot shower when you've had a cold one. <laughs> you know? Very true. You, 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 you can really have that sense of, of, wow, this is great when you have that, when you've had that sense of that was not. You're right. 
you're absolutely right. And to understand the contrasts, you're right. Because I remember when I was young, very young, and I was very unhappy at the time. I thought, I don't like this. So therefore, there must be another way to be. And I'm going to choose another way to be. And that was to move away from being, oh, poor me, poor victim. And it was also the very things that helped me learn my own resiliency, my own ability to navigate my own life rather than feeling like life was navigating me. So really, depending on how you see things from the inside, it really ultimately helps facilitate the experience you're going to have in life. Mm. negative or positive. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. I don't think I can say I love that or yes, yes, yes anymore on this podcast. Cause you're just, you're just absolutely saying everything that I truly believe from the core of my heart. One thing that I really want to talk with you about, you conducted and I, and I'm so, I'll just say super jelly of this, but so grateful that you did. Yeah. You conducted an international happiness survey and you found some really interesting hallmarks to happiness. Can you talk a little bit about what prompted you to do that survey, how you did that survey? Because I think that is so great that you quantified it in some way. I mean, I feel like, especially being in the happiness field myself, people often think it's like this pie in the sky. So I love that you have something tangible. Can you talk a little mm. about that? Yeah, you know, I'd be happy to. As I mentioned earlier, I was writing books and blogs. I had my own column on Huffington Post for, for several years, and I would write about happiness. It was all from my perspective. Plus, I had this whole background in corporate life where I knew if people were happy at work, they would do better. And that would always happen. So it was my husband who said to me, you know, Maura, as you're going out and you're speaking and you're traveling, because I've, I've traveled to probably 60 countries and maybe spoken in about a dozen of them. He said, why not conduct a survey? Ask other people how they would define and describe happiness. And so I loved it because I had, it was predominantly female. I want to say 65 to 35% male, hundreds and hundreds of respondents. We had people as young as 16, as old as over 90. They came from 29 states across the U.S. and 25 countries around the world. So they were everything from single, married, divorce, in and out of relationships. Educationally, they were people from high school up to PhD level. So it was all of this cross section of society. And in asking them, how would they define happiness? In I gave them just a few spaces of words to describe it. The five things they all came up with, which really goes to show how unifying a topic this is. The number one thing people all used to describe happiness was to be in healthy relationships, as in less drama. Now, think about that. If you're around people all day long that are driving you crazy, playing mind games, right, draining you, People decided that healthy relationships were number one on their list to be, to feel happy. Number two, which makes a lot of sense, and you could see each one relates to the next, it was peace of mind. So could you imagine when instead of your life being chaotic or instead of doing things that are against what you believe because you are so, so rattled or whatever, that you could actually go through the day a little bit more relaxed and lie down and feel better. And the other three things were the freedom, freedom to be who you are, to have time out each day or each week to do those things that matter to yourself. The sense, number four, of purpose and fulfillment. Because you know what's interesting? What fulfills one person 
does not necessarily fulfill another. So, you know, where one person might love working in a laboratory, solving, you know, science problems, another person may say, get me out of the lab. I need to be around people. So that's where people, when they have a chance to tap into their own sense of purpose and fulfillment, feel naturally uplifted. And as they do that, they get to number five, which is a sense of personal confidence, because each one of those little elements is all about living happy from their insides out and expanding it and taking up that space that feels authentically real and unified and harmonious for them. And there's what you've got, the five elements that people use to describe happiness. And it all kind of makes sense. So it does quantify it or it makes it more tangibly um tangibly accessible when people could break it down to those little areas and say, how can I tune in to each one of these little elements and make them more real and more a part of my life? Mm. I especially like the first one, healthy relationships. (laughs) And I think that um, that ties back into exactly what you were talking about in the beginning, where if we're showing up as our authentic self and we're setting, you know, our sights on what we want and what we need, wants versus needs and our why, then we start to kind of walk with that truth and people start to fall and fall in a space with us rather than in opposition to us, which is what I see so much in unhealthy relationships. So I really love that that was number one. And I think it even ties back into what you said that worldwide, if we were all happier, we would just be raising the whole vibration really. We would. And, you know, people notice that. Have you ever been around like just great people and you walk away and you feel so much lighter and brighter and more energized? I'll tell you what, I attended an event called Out Wild with um, a gal that was on my podcast, actually, Sonny McCandless. And the funny thing about that is I met a lady there named Susie Moore. She ended up being on this podcast as well. Um, I didn't know at the time that she was like a confidence expert, (gasps) Huffington Post, the whole thing. But we just hit it off and her personality was so overflowing and so engaging and so happy that it was just hard to not feel uplifted around her. And, um, And so I completely understand what you're talking about about when you're around somebody, that energy is just contagious. Exactly. And you see what you just described? You just described the experience you had around that, right? Once you have that experience, it's like now you have a contrast with something else that may be in another aspect of your life that you're thinking, wait a minute, this one has all the wrong energy. And funny, (laughs) you should say that because I just came back from speaking in London last week at a conference with a lot of people I had never met before. And the person that ran this conference was so open, such a great facilitators, just so freeing for everybody to just be who they were. I laughed so much. I made new friends. I had a great time. And I came home so uplifted. And I want to give you that I had after I got back home. And I thought, you know, this is so curious because I was reminded of another space in which I was invited to speak at a university setting, actually at a think tank. And it was with all these divergent people, all of whom needed their own place. And they were fighting against everybody else. And I was brought in to 
to be a moderator. And I thought huh. it was so, so oh constraining. And I thought I wasn't even being myself. I wasn't fun. Right. I wasn't funny. And I thought, you know, I could do these things, but they're not making me feel happy or free. And so by right. having those various experiences and connecting with them or not, we end up knowing more about who we are and where we want to be. And we can be more of that thing. Well, and people who maybe, um, it, people can really relate to this too, I think, and I brought this up on uh, um, this podcast before, is even if you're in a restaurant, if the general energy and people are disappointed and the food's taking too long, it just starts to kind of ramp up and, and suddenly the energy is really negative and everybody's upset and you're even upset and the food doesn't taste good and, you know, all of that. But if you walk into a restaurant where people are smiling and laughing and having a great time, you're immediately shifted into that. This is a happy place and I'm having a good time here. You're right. And see, there it goes to, it's like that awareness you were talking about with your son. It's the mindfulness. It's, am I smiling on the inside or did that smile just go down to a friend? And you could literally feel the heaviness. But once we become aware of it, we could also learn how not to be dominated by the negativity and to kind of switch it around. Maybe it means going outside, taking a couple of breaths, going to class, getting on a bicycle, right? Putting on some music and dancing for two minutes, anything to switch the energy. And then we end up being conduits and conveyors of something positive. And I, I think that all of us can pick up a little bit of that in our lives and really raise the vibrations for everybody else. I love it. So Mara, how can people get in touch with you? I know you listed your website. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes, but could you give us that again? And then also, you know, there's your course on your website and things like sure. that. How can people find your books and things like that? Oh, well, thank you so much, Michaela. Right. Website is my name. It's my name, Mora, M as in Mary, A-U-R-A, the number four, and the letter U.com, Mora for you.com, because I'm always for you. And they could learn, they could subscribe to blogs, whatever. Here's another thing, too, since you've got a listening audience, they can also subscribe to my iTunes podcast. I'm actually in several places. It's my name, Mora Sweeney, Living Happy Inside Out. But if they do go to my website, they could find everything there. And if there's somebody that has an organization that wants a workshop leader or a speaker to come in and to help them feel a little bit happier and uh, help them feel a little bit more like a positive influence in life, I hope they give me a call. Mm. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting all the things that you've learned about happiness. I just loved our conversation and I, I look forward to our relationship continuing to grow as well. Michaela, same here. Thank you for everything you're doing. Um, you're on the West Coast, aren't you? And I'm yeah. here in Florida. Yep. Well, listen, oh, let's California, just... Yeah. I figured, all right, and I'm in Florida. Let us keep working on the happiness, and I'll look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much Sounds again. good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.